we have made it to the second to the last weekend with football this season. Super Bowl is two weeks away, but first, championship weekend. Personally, my favorite weekend of the football season. The games always seem to be good. Now, probably they're not. I have fond memories of watching the Seahawks in their uh, three championship appearances in the past, what, 15 years? Uh, All victories, might I add. Can't say that about the Super Bowl, but they did cash it in in the 2013 season in Super Bowl 48. But let's talk about this season and the final four. Thank you for listening to the Courts and Fields podcast. I am Tim Kelly. And like I said at the top, it's my favorite weekend of the football season. Granted, it's sad. Only three games left. Can count on one hand. But I've had the pleasure of going to two NFC championship games. The Hawks won both of them in 2014 and 2015. Best game I've ever seen, the 23-17 to victory over the San Francisco 49ers when Richard Sherman had the tip play that uh, may or may not be immortalized with a statue at some point. Uh, and then the 2015, the Packers choke job. They had a lot of chances to win. They just couldn't do it. Game goes to overtime. Jermaine Curse catches a touchdown pass in overtime. Game over. Rodgers, here's the deal. I haven't really liked Aaron Rodgers since that game because, oh, the best team didn't win today. Well, Rodgers threw two picks. One was horrendous because he threw it to a spot and Byron Maxwell was right there waiting for it. The other, well, he thought he had an offside. He threw it. It was not an offside. And Sherman picked it off in the end zone. The south end zone there. The north end zone, though, where a lot of crazy stuff happens. But the south end zone, it was a pick. Anyway, long story short, great games seem to happen championship weekend. Um, I mean, who can remember two years ago? The Chiefs choking away because D Ford was offside on a third down stop that would have... It's a third or a fourth down stop, but it would have... Probably it would have given the Chiefs the ball and they would have won the game. But, and they would have been looking to go to their possibly third straight Super Bowl. But let's go to the games last week. Started off two and four for round one, this new super wild card weekend. The divisional round, though, was much more kind to me. First game, Packers at home against the Rams. 32 18, the Packers win. Took the Packers and. That 14-point victory gives me a win. Uh, Packers pretty much control. Though it was uh, only a touchdown lead heading into the fourth quarter. But, uh, you know, Jared Goff couldn't bring that magic that he somehow had to beat the Seahawks. And, yeah, Rodgers threw for 296 yards and two touchdowns. Aaron Jones, 99 yards and a touchdown. Their offense was moving the ball, something that Seattle did not do against the Rams. Rams also losing defensive coordinator Brandon Staley going across the hall or stadium, whatever, at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles as he's taking over the Los Angeles Chargers 
even though I always want to call them the San Diego Superchargers. But Staley, only really one year as a defensive coordinator. Uh, he can get a job. Eric Bieniemy still not hired. Texans job's the only one open, but oh, do we need to, we do need to talk about that. We won't talk about that right now, though. But as of this recording, Texans job's the only one open. Eric Bieniemy still offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. Supposedly doesn't interview well, but does not really matter. I think you just say in your interview, yeah, look at this. I've had Patrick Mahomes, and look at what he's done with my offense. Now people say, oh, Andy Reid. Yeah, well, Matt Nagy was the offensive coordinator before him, and he got the Bears job. Doug Peterson was the offensive coordinator before Nagy, and he got the Eagles job. Both worked with Andy Reid, so... Don't really understand why Biennemi is not getting a look, considering that his offenses have been a little more pro- prolific. Sorry if I could say that word right. Anyway, it's ridiculous. And then, like we said, Brandon Staley, one year as a coordinator, gets hired. Uh, the can't even pronounce the Eagles' new coach. Hired as, you know, three years as an offensive coordinator with the Colts. As of today, the Texans were talking about hiring Josh McCown, who's on their active roster. Guy has no coaching experience. But yeah, let's not take the offensive coordinator for the highest scoring. Or not the highest scoring, but the... I think we can all agree that they've been the best offense the last three years. Or prolific, again, as I said. But, now granted, being an offensive coordinator does not mean you are a great leader, but coaches really only... I mean, staff really only hires offensive and defensive coordinators. The occasional special teams coordinator is hired. But alas, Eric Bieniemy should have a job. But we'll move on to the second game. The Bills 17, the Ravens 3. I took the Bills. Close game, third quarter, tied at 3. Josh Allen hits Stephon Diggs for a touchdown pass. Ravens march down the field. And... Lamar Jackson did not see the defensive back. Johnson in the end zone, throws it. Johnson picks it off, houses it 101 yards. That was the final scoring play. On the next drive, Lamar got a concussion on a you know bad, couple of bad snaps, almost a safety. Lamar was out for the rest of the game. Just not a good day for the Bills. A lot of people's pick. That was one of the games where people thought, oh, yeah, we, we the Ravens are coming around, but... Yeah, obviously when you lose your quarterback late in the game, but also when he throws a touchdown pass to the other team, a lot of times hard to overcome that, as the Seahawks saw the previous week. So 2-0, heading in. The Chiefs were 10-point favorites heading into Sunday's game against the Browns. They only win by five, so that proves me to 3-0. 5-4 on the weekend. But, yeah, the Chiefs, Chad Henney ended up playing after Mahomes got knocked out. Well, chokehold, might have been choked out. Who knows what it was, but Mahomes is going through the concussion protocol. Browns cut it to 22-17. to 17. Chad Henney had thrown an interception late in the game. They had it fourth and nine. They punted it. Probably should have gone for it. Armchair quarterback Tim Kelly would have gone for it, but... It uh, like I said, I've run some I've run some pretty nasty teams in NCAA football with the 
Nevada Wolfpack and the Idaho Vandals back in the PlayStation 2 days. But at a third and long, Chad Henney scrambles, almost picks up the first down there. Fourth and one. Andy Reid is getting complimented on the size of his uh, testicles because they threw it on fourth and one. Got the first down, Tyreek Hill, and that was that. Chiefs advance, get the home game. Both one seeds move on. That's the other thing. You got to get that home field advantage. I mean, the one seeds have been moving on a lot lately uh, to the Super Bowl. That uh, the days of those wild card teams, those those Giants teams, and uh, the Packers when they won their last Super Bowl. You know, they were wild card teams that made the run, but lately it's it's those one seeds holding off these teams. And you know, the Seahawks were one seeds uh, both times they went to the Super Bowl. The Patriots usually were the one seed. The Broncos when they won, they were the one seed. So yeah, you really want to get that one seed. And then the one game I missed this week, the Buccaneers 30, the Saints 20. Thought the Saints would prevail, but Drew Brees and probably his last game, not good through three picks. Brady didn't play particularly well, not even 200 yards. They threw two touchdown passes. Short field operated, like we said, two picks. I mean, really, the Saints' uh, big touchdown throw was uh, Jameis Winston on a trick play where he was set out as a wide receiver and came in and chucked it. Uh, Michael Thomas, not even a catch. Ugh, not good. It appears Drew Brees is retired. We don't know. Nothing official as of this recording. After the game, he was on the field with his family. It's been rumored or probably confirmed that NBC offered him an analyst job. So we shall see. So that means this weekend is set. The Noon game on the West Coast. Tampa Bay at Green Bay. Old division rivals. We get to see Brady v. Rogers. Three and a half point favorites are the Packers. It's supposed to be cold in Lambeau. You gotta take you gotta take the Packers. Uh it's tough to play in that terrible weather. It just sets up nicely for Rogers to win. Now if you, if Brady goes to the Super Bowl with Tampa, that would be pretty amazing. It would be his 10th Super Bowl. Also, Rodgers, uh, you know, you hate to be, oh, a legacy game, but be pretty big for Rodgers to not win this uh, game against, I mean, granted, aren't we always aging? Uh, at this moment, I'm as old as I'll, I'm the oldest I've ever been and as young as I'll ever be. That's something like that. It's trippy. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. But Rodgers still is kind of in his prime. Brady, I guess, is in his prime. But cold weather, team from Tampa, Green Bay's used to it. Three and a half points. I just think the Packers will take care of business, walk out of there, head into the Super Bowl. Again, as I said, not a huge Rodgers fan. The other game, the Buffalo Bills, three-point dogs on the road at Kansas City. I'm taking the Bills. That'll be the 340 kickoff. I'm taking the Bills. They have some 2013 Seahawks energy, you know. Just that uh, kind of cockiness, that demeanor. Kansas City, I think they haven't covered in, you know, two months. Uh, So 
been a cover and a push, so I guess they could win by three. But I, but I mean, not that that factors in. No, they're not like, hey, look, we're only three points favorites, so we're only going to win by three or less. No, but the reality is Kansas City, they seemed a bit off. They don't have the running game they had. They beat the Bills earlier this season, but Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been out. Mahomes had a bad toe. I don't know why they ran him, but then he got concussed. It's not, I mean, he's uh, he's going to play. I mean, come on, let's be honest. There's no way he's not going to play. But it's, um, he's banged up. It just, it just seems like they're a little off. Third straight title game. Andy Reid also did that with the Eagles. I think it was 2002 to 2004. So good at getting to those NFC title games. Or, well, NFC. This is the AFC title game. Getting conference title games. Thank you. But I'm taking the Bills. They seem to be a team of destiny. But that is our championship Sunday picks. We'll take a quick break. Come back with some thoughts on the Seahawks. So the Seahawks, as we mentioned last week, been out of the playoffs. Now their second week out of the playoffs, but still in the news because it's uh, well, it's not the hot stove league. That's baseball, but a lot of interesting news with the Hawks the last week or so when it comes to coaching. <clears throat> um, Seahawks have. Lost one of their scouts, or one of their personnel men, Scott Fitterer, went to the Panthers. So there's a, you know, a, a, a good voice in helping build these teams. He's gone to the Carolina Panthers to be their general manager. Another person that knows the way Seahawks do things. Another person who, uh, you know, probably thinks, knows what players to look for, or, you know, similar approach. And uh, so, yeah, that'll be, that'll be a little interesting. Uh, as far as the offensive coordinators go... It has been interesting, to say the least. Uh, as we mentioned last week, Schottenheimer is gone. So, who do the Hawks talk to? Well, they talked to Anthony Lynn, formerly of the Chargers. Now, Anthony Lynn was a head coach. He ran the Bills offense, but, you know, uh, worked with Rex Ryan. Schottenheimer had done the same when he came in, but... You know, kind of a more run-focused offense, if you will. Or, fo- yeah, I was going to say focusing on the run. Uh, as Wilson said, it's super critical that I'm involved. We mentioned that last week. Uh, so, okay, bringing Lynn to talk. Doug Peterson, the fired Philadelphia Eagles coach, brings them their only Super Bowl, but it's good to get rid of them because why not now? Granted, he had some issues with the staff, but guy worked in uh, Kansas City with Andy Reid. Um, Peterson was unconventional at times. They went for it on fourth down a lot, but it was uh, I I personally like the fit. I like the guy. Uh, he's from Ferndale. He ended up going to college at like Southeast Louisiana, but he's from Ferndale. Uh, played quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, we'll have a. I mean, he never had a re- receiver as good as Metcalf or Lockett, for that matter. And uh, I guess Alshon Jeffrey was pretty good, but 
Uh, yeah, but I mean, Russell Wilson will be the top player he's played with. Coached, I mean, he's not playing, but yeah. Then people started losing their minds a little bit because earlier this week, Adam Gase, the former Jets coach who won two games this year and really is supposed to be a quarterback whisperer because he was uh, Peyton Manning's offensive coordinator when Manning set all those records. But he just uh, didn't do it when he was with the Bears after that or with Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill left and went to the Titans and became a way better quarterback. So, yeah, a little... little uh, now, granted... You know, granted, calling offenses. I mean, you're only as good as the players you have, right? I mean, you can. There's some schematic advantages, but you have to have talent. So obviously, Russell Wilson right now will be the best quarterback he's had since Peyton Manning, if he were to take the job. But the other big issue is Jamal Adams was on the Jets when Gase was the head coach, and there appears to be no love lost between those two. Probably not going to happen when. Jamal Adams is such a big part of the team. Then it was talked about Mike Kafka, who used to young coach with the Chiefs, quarterback coach. But Kafka was going to get looked at, and he said, you know what, I'm going to stay with the Chiefs. Now, what that says to me, he's probably their offensive coordinator if the enemy were to leave, if the enemy doesn't leave, maybe they'll revisit that with Seattle, but we'll see. I mean, there's like we said, there's only one job. It's the Texans' job. Uh, we don't know who's going to get it. Uh, so they're talking to Josh McCown now. I mean, there's. it seems to be a bit of a cluster with uh, that position, but not good when a quarterback coach is turning you down. And then Pete went to the well of... Uh, a former assistant of his, and that is Kirby Wilson. You say Kirby Wilson. Yeah, he's the Raiders running back coach. Has not interviewed for a position in close to a decade. Interviewed with the Seahawks. Um, yeah, last interviewed in 2014, so that's seven years. Uh, worked with Carroll in the 90s with the Patriots and was his receivers coach in Carroll's first season at USC. Uh, he'd been at Iowa State as a running back coach. He was running back coach for the Bucks when they won the Super Bowl and the Steelers when they won a Super Bowl. But, yeah, he also was the running back coach when the Browns won one game in two seasons. So... Not that it matters. He's not the one calling the plays. That's not necessarily his fault. But it's not looking good when you have a uh, one of the top quarterbacks in the game on your team. And he says it's critical that I'm involved. And your freshest ideas as somebody who hasn't been looked at seriously for an offensive coordinator job in seven years. Now, maybe that's ageism. I don't know. But, yeah. And also goes back to the narrative that scares people of having a Pete Carroll yes man in that offensive coordinator position. 
the other latest rumor that was uh, came out today is the Seahawks request permission to interview the quarterback coach of the Saints, Joe Lombardi. Uh, now, Lombardi also got uh, asked to interview for the Chargers. Staley, the coach of the Chargers, was the um, quarterback when Lombardi was the offensive coordinator at Mercyhurst. Don't know where Mercyhurst is. Can't tell you that. College, obviously. Lombardi, though, ties to Seattle. Now, Grant, he is legendary coach Vince Lombardi's grandson. His dad is Vince Jr. And Lombardi went to Seattle Prep High School. Yeah, very bizarre. Very bizarre that he... uh, that he, I mean, I, I didn't know that. I, the Lombardis moved out here, and his dad worked for the Seahawks when the franchise started. And I was reading up about him today. He's got a sister who works for Microsoft. And there's another brother. There, one of, he's got three siblings. Vince Jr. is a lawyer. No, no, Vince the Third is a lawyer in Seattle. And then there's another brother who actually lives in Wisconsin. But the rest of the family appear to be Seahawks fans. I don't know, obviously... Joe is a uh, fan of whoever's signing his paychecks. That is currently the Saints for the last five years. He was also an offensive coordinator for two years for the Detroit Lions under Jim Caldwell, who, um, yeah, got unceremoniously fired for being a winning coach for the Detroit Lions. That guy has gotten a lot of disrespect in coaching his coaching career. Uh, wasn't a good college coach at Wake Forest, but. Not a particularly great job, but he took the Colts to a Super Bowl, got whacked. Okay, new voice, goes to Detroit. He's the best coach Detroit's had since, I guess, Wayne Fontes got him to, to the playoffs. So, well, Caldwell got him to the playoffs, lost to the Seahawks. But then whack, they bring in Matt Patricia. They're terrible. Now they bring in Dan Campbell, or as he's known in Miami, Man Campbell, and he's talking about biting people's freaking kneecaps in this press conference. Uh, you know, he's tough. I mean, granted, it's satirical. Calls himself the dude after uh, Big Lebowski. Yeah. Very interesting. So those are the coordinators being looked at. Again, the big thing now is what is going on. Because now all the rumors are, should the Seahawks trade Russell Wilson? Is there a rift between Wilson and Carroll? Is it going to be a me or him situation? I mean, there's a lot of debate between Seahawks fans about uh, Russell. Now, I'm a huge Russell Wilson fan. I will admit it. He is probably my favorite football player of all time. Up there with Marcus Tuiasosopo, uh, Sean Alexander, Cortez Kennedy, and Earl Thomas. But it is, but he's number one. Um, You just don't get a franchise quarterback like this. And I know he's 32, but it is imperative that you keep him. I mean, people are talking about trading him for uh, uh, picks and other quarterbacks. And if that's what Pete wants to do, I mean, Pete and John and Russ need to get together and figure this out and, Again, I understand Carroll wants to go with what he knows, but the game of football, as we've talked about, it's constantly evolving. Do I sound like an analyst? It's a game of football. No, but 
everything, not just football, everything, life, we're constantly evolving. What worked three years ago doesn't work now. And you get stuck in ruts because you don't change, you don't evolve. I mean, in my, I uh, look at careers, I've worked in video and you got to learn new things. I mean, if you only stick to doing the same thing for the last 15 years, you're going to be outdated, even though 2005, not that long ago, or so it seems, it seems like a lifetime ago at times, other times doesn't seem that far, but things don't change. 2005, Pete Carroll was on top of the coaching world. He was probably considered the best college coach. Uh, well, he was the best college coach at the time. Urban Meyer showed up at Florida right around that time and was ripping natties, as they say. And then a couple years after that, Nick Saban, or as my old roommate uh, used to call him, Saban. But no, as Saban goes to Alabama, gets that train rolling. But the point is, Pete is still convinced that the Legion of Boom is where it's at. And Marshawn Lynch and, you know, Russell will be more of a caretaker. But the game's changed. I mean, even Pete's changed, as we talked about before. Wh- who is he drafting? I mean, he's he's big on the run game, but they they took... Penny over Chubb. Okay, that's fine, but Penny's the only first-round running back. If he really values the running back. Marshawn Lynch was a unique talent. He was a first-round talent. They got him for a fourth-round pick. And the Hawks now try and get these uh, running backs, uh, the DJ Dallas's, the Travis Homers, a nice backup running backs. So you're hoping to strike gold. They got Carson. Carson was great. but And I know I said I talked about this last week. Carson's been great, but... Problem was he was never healthy. And guess what his problem still is? He's never healthy. So you need to adapt and you have a very good quarterback. And you got to get somebody who can maximize those schemes to get the ball into the hands of Tyler Lockett and uh, DK Metcalf. Now, granted, Tyler Lockett set the single-season catch record and DK Metcalf set the yardage record. But for single season yardage record, but we all watched that playoff game. Maybe we didn't, but I'm assuming uh, this is a football podcast, but it's also Seahawk focused. But yeah, a lot of us watched that playoff game. They weren't getting the ball into the hands of their playmakers, and who knows? Now people think it's Russ. Uh, there's a lot of people that are kind of turning on Russ. Well, Russ is people. Oh, they they defend Russ. I, like I said, I defend Russ too. Russ was crap. He was crap the last. Half of the season, maybe even longer. And I, but again, what what is that? Is that is that him lacking his you know uh, lacking confidence? Is that the coordinator and uh, Schottenheimer and Pete Carroll clashing? And now we don't know what is happening uh, there. Um, you know, is it uh, again not a great offensive line? I mean, that's I uh, read somewhere that. I mean, when Russell was on his first contract, the Seahawks invested the most on the, most money on their offensive line. Now they're not really investing that much. I mean, the Packers spent about twice as much on their offensive line to keep Aaron Rodgers upright that the Seahawks did. The uh, Chiefs have spent a lot on their offensive line. They have Eric Fisher, who was a top pick. They have Mitchell Schwartz. Those are their bookend tackles, keeping Mahomes upright. Granted, he's still on his rookie contract. But even the... Uh, uh, Patriots had a pretty good offensive line, and then they drafted a 
uh, Tristan Wirfs a tackle with their first round pick this year. You got to keep your quarterback upright. Now, Russell Pirouettes gets sacked and he puts himself in a position to get sacked a lot. And he needs to stop that. But you also have to invest in that as well. And then we get to the problem. Not the problem. Jamal Adams played through five injuries this year. They gave up two first-round picks and a third-round pick. And Bradley McDougal. Granted, they weren't going to be able to keep McDougal, McDougal if they brought in Adams. But what do you do with Adams? Because he's going to want a lot of money. Uh, Buda Baker, I think, got 15 or $16 million, 15 million a year. Adams is going to want more. Now, they blitz a lot. They send him a lot. Adams was pretty bad in pass coverage. I guess he was average to mediocre, but it was pretty bad. I mean, even that playoff game, he couldn't take anything away. Uh, It seems like, as I mentioned last week, it confuses me because Pete Carroll wants to to keep doing the same thing he does on offense, but he's evolving his defense to use a player like Jamal Adams to manufacture pass rush from the safety position when you had Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas, and they didn't do that. They weren't blitzing that much. So what is he? Is he a hybrid? Is he a linebacker? Can you afford to be paying uh, two linebackers? Well, Bobby Wagner is a linebacker and Jamal Adams, whatever hybrid he is, can you afford to pay them that much money? And also, here's the other thing. You don't have draft picks because you traded away a sixth rounder this year to get a seventh rounder. And that seventh rounder didn't even, well, he made the roster, got cut. Now he's on free agent visits. And uh, you don't have a first or a third. So it's going to be interesting. They need to address the run game. They need to get an offensive coordinator. So we shall see. Next week, we will talk about the championship games. And uh, hopefully, we'll have an offensive coordinator to talk about. Special teams coordinator is left. Brian Schneider going to Jaguars. Jaguars also hired Daryl Bevel. It's the... A lot, of, a lot of ex-Seahawks getting together there in uh, Jacksonville with Urban Meyer. That was also the big news, Urban Meyer going to Jacksonville. Uh, Larry Izzo, promoted special teams coordinator. He has worked for the team for a while, and he was running it while Brian Schneider was out for a bit. Well, thanks again for listening to the Courts and Fields podcast. Check us out wherever you get podcasts, but you probably already are because you're listening to this right now. As I mentioned, we'll be back next week. And then it'll be Super Bowl preview time. Then the following week, it'll be a Super Bowl wrap-up. And then it goes from Fields to just courts because it's basketball season. We've been neglecting it a little bit, but we won't neglect it much longer. We'll have uh, a lot of basketball to talk about. We'll still uh, talk about football when we need to, but uh, yeah, it'll start getting into basketball.